0: Well good morning Beacon Church and welcome to today's video. Today Ollie will be speaking in our next passage in Hebrews on our Hebrews series Jesus is All part three and we'll look forward to that in a minute. But before we start I thought I would read some scripture to encourage all of us just thinking how big and how amazing and how powerful our God is. You know sometimes rather than reading scripture uh, word by word in a Bible I play it on my phone and this was one of the times when I was playing through a passage at the end of Job and it was just talking about the amazing created nature of God, his power, his care, his knowledge and it was just amazing. You know when we think about God, when when we think about Jesus We also have that thing that Jesus, although he came to earth and he understands everything um, that we go through. He was tempted in every way as we are. He is also God, fully God. What an amazing truth that can blow our mind. Anyway, just to have a look at those verses at the end of Job. I was absolutely transfixed by them. The ages' power of the words, the ageless power of uh, our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I felt faith rising in me, and I hope as I read these verses, it does the same for you. Maybe don't look it up. I'm reading from the ESV version. I'm going to start in Job 38, going to start with verse 4. Maybe just allow these words to wash over you and encourage you at this time. Okay, Job 38. Verse four, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Maybe just give a bit of context. This is the kind of questioning when God is questioning Job right at the end. And saying, when he's talking about this, actually talking about his character. Let me start again. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determines its measurements? Surely you know, or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no further, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place, that I might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? Just inspired, just inspired by the God who brings up the sun and, every morning who brings the dawn to us can will continue from verse 22 have you entered the storehouses of the snow or have you seen the storehouses of hail which i have reserved for a time of trouble for the day of battle and war what is the way to place where the light is distributed or where is the east wind scattered upon the earth who has cleft a channel for the torrents of rain a way for the thunderbolt to bring rain on the land where no man is on the desert, where there is no man to satisfy the waste and desolate land and to make the ground sprout with grass. There's so much more to this passage, but I thought that was just a good encouragement this morning. Next, we're going to have. Uh, The second to last of our Take a Step videos, which are great encouragements and challenges to share our faith. It helps us, inspires us, encourages us. And actually, this morning, um, I'm slightly fascinated by the shirt, we all see. But maybe that's just me. Anyway, over to the video.
1: hey welcome back to take a step it's the last session today thank you so much for joining us on these weekly videos hope they have been a blessing to you hope they've been challenging for you and I hope you've been able to put things into practice We started off by looking at the fact that we have such a great identity in Christ, that we are dearly loved children of God, that we're ministers of reconciliation, even ambassadors for Christ. That is so exciting to know that we flow out of our identity in Christ. Hopefully you've made a people map of people that you want to pray for, that you're asking God, that are friends of yours, that you'd love to see them come to Jesus. Hopefully you've been praying for them. Uh, You've got the hang of smiling and greeting people uh, more frequently, uh, that you've been offering prayer early on in conversations. The day I did this training first time, I put uh, friends of mine, Mem and Tetsy, on My People Map. Uh, They were just about to reopen their restaurant. I knocked on the door, uh, they welcomed me in, I told them how excited I was that they were opening up again and uh, asked them, would you like me to pray a blessing over your business? Of course, they said yeah, no one ever says no to that and so I prayed a blessing over their business and of course then I got to do the three circles with them so great that we get these opportunities and uh, hopefully you've had a chance to do the three circles you've learned how to tell your story maybe even done it with a few people in these last eight weeks looking forward to hearing testimonies of how God has used you in these things soon you'll get to disciple people and there is nothing more exciting than leading people to Christ and then growing them in their journey of faith and I really hope that you get to experience that soon Today I just want to challenge us to make this a lifestyle. You know it's very easy to do a course like this and be very excited for a few weeks or a few days. What I'd love us to do is make this a lifestyle so that within our family of churches we truly are everyone a witness. Why not every day ask the Lord for an opportunity this day. God give us an opportunity to bless someone, to tell someone about Jesus, to love on someone, to offer prayer to someone. Pray that every day. Pray for uh, an open heaven over them. Pray for open hearts. Pray for uh, uh, strength to open your mouth to share the good news with others. And may God bless you in that. In the PDF that accompanies this video today, there will be some more resources. If you want to grow in sharing your faith, learn about things like asking questions and answering questions, learn about... Uh, Just ways of doing it cross-culturally. And just to get more skill in this whole thing. Then Read through that and get some of those books. They'll be such a blessing to you. Thank you so much for doing this course. And please, let's make this a daily lifestyle.
0: Thanks very much. That was great, wasn't it? Did you notice the shirt? Oh, sorry, I probably shouldn't mention that. Right now, on to the sermon, uh, Ollie's sermon on uh, the third one in Hebrews. Let me uh, just pray before we start. Lord Jesus, we just pray for you would encourage your people this morning. Lord, we pray that you would bless us all with open hearts and open mind to hear your words. Lord, I just pray for the warmth of your spirit to minister to us, to touch us and encourage us. And I pray you'd teach us more and more about Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Over to Ollie.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this um, third part in our series on the book of Hebrews. Um, The series, as you know, has been called Jesus is All, and that theme we're going to be continuing today. Uh, We're going to be reading from Hebrews chapter 3. Uh, right at the beginning of the chapter, verse 1 to 6. What we're going to do, we're going to read through the verse in a minute, and we're going we're to look and um, pick it apart verse by, by verse to see what it meant to the original Hebrew audience. And then we're going to turn that on ourselves, we're going to look and see well, what can we take from that now, today, for ourselves. Before I begin, though, I just want you to notice that first word in the passage as I read it, it's the word therefore, what that says is, you know, What we've heard in the first two chapters that Steve and David have brought to us about Jesus being all, Jesus being elevated above angels, about him being the royal high priest. We read those things and then this is the therefore bit. This is when the writer starts turning it back and then therefore, what would our life look like? What does a healthy Christian life look like? Let's remember, Jesus is all, therefore, holy brothers, You who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honour than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that would be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Let's pray quickly before we go on. Lord Jesus, thank you for this uh, this letter. Thank you that we have it to read. Thank you that we have it to to hold on to, Lord. I pray that as we pick apart the verses that you will help the words to come alive, to have real meaning in our lives, that we may be impacted and grow out of your word, Lord. Amen. That first verse, then, talking about holy brothers. The, the, the writer is really bringing it, to us, okay, so he's, he's talking to us now, he's talking to our lives, saying holy brothers. That's, a, that's an echo back to what we read in chapter two, verse 11 last week, that how Jesus sanctifies us and is not ashamed to call us brothers. That is that's pretty huge, isn't it? That the creator of the universe came to earth, he, he makes us holy and he is not afraid, not ashamed to call us brothers. I find that incredibly powerful. And it goes on, um, therefore, holy brothers, you who share in the heavenly calling. Again, chapter two, um, the writer talks about Jesus bringing many to glory and that we are partners in that. That's that's the calling. That's why Jesus came to earth. He came on a mission, on a calling. um, And we are partners in that. We join Christ in his mission. So he's talking to us here, isn't he? Holy brothers, those who share in a heavenly calling. He's Talking to us, what must we do? We must consider Jesus. Well, that's perhaps seems obvious, but the, the word that's used, the, the original um Greek word used here is ketanoin, which is um which is more about fixing your attention. So we, we should fix our attention, and and that should give us inner meaning. That's what the word ketanoin means, fixing our attention that we get an inner. Meaning. There's something deep about this considering that we should do. We should consider Jesus deeply. And how should we consider Jesus? Well, he goes on and says, we should consider him as apostle and as high priest. So there's two things to, to look at, to weigh up and see, okay, well, what, what do these two words mean when we think about Jesus as apostle, when we think about Jesus as high priest? I don't know about you, but I often think when I hear the word apostle, I think of the twelve apostles. I think about Jesus having apostles, but I don't really think of Jesus as an apostle. But we need to think what the word means. The word is about is about going out. The twelve apostles met Jesus, they they learned from Jesus, they went out and taking the message from Jesus. So that's that's the job of the apostles, taking the message out to the people. So the reason that the writer here is talking about Jesus as an apostle is that he's God's apostle. God the Father sent Jesus on a mission. So Jesus, I was thinking of this sort of as a downward arrow. That Jesus is with the Father, and he's sent out to take the message from God to the people. This sort of downward arrow, I always consider it. Um, Jesus coming down to us, and that's that's his role as apostle. He's almost an ambassador for God. He comes to God to tell us, tell us about 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 god to tell us about how we can how we can meet with god so that's the downward arrow and then the next word high priest that's that's the upward arrow now a high priest in 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 times of of, um, the hebrew readers here in jewish times the high priest um was someone important so once a year there was a ceremony where the high priest would enter the the innermost part of the temple it's called the holy of holies and only the high priest could enter there the high priest would go in and he would make a blood sacrifice to god make that blood sacrifice and that would be for sin so when we consider jesus as the high priest we we think about how he has made a blood sacrifice he he his own blood was the sacrifice he was that sacrifice and that is for the forgiveness of sins, unlike the high priest, which is sort of it was a yearly thing to keep doing to 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 keep you know the sinning that keeps going on, forgiving that. Jesus's sacrifice is bigger than that. Jesus forgave all sin over all time. So for anyone who turns to Jesus, that sin that we have, is forgiven. That's dealt with already, and I think that's that's important to remember. It's a reminder to the Hebrew readers here that. That role of high priest of sort of taking taking us and bringing us before God, making us holy and bringing us before God—that upward arrow, as I think of it—is is what Jesus does there. So we've got the downward arrows of Jesus as the apostle coming to us with the, the message, with the word, and the upward arrow where Jesus takes us and he he brings us before God in heaven and says, "Yeah, these are my brothers. These are these are with these people are with me. The sin has been dealt with. We can be before God now." So that's the upward and the downward arrow there let's have a look at the second verse then so it's at this point we start comparing Jesus and Moses now to us perhaps that might seem a little bit odd clearly um, Jesus is is more important than Moses as a Christian but you've got to remember that the the people reading this living in a Jewish culture Moses was hugely important he, it was Moses who was given the law from God. It was Moses who, who gave that law to the people. Um, so when we talk about Moses, we're not just talking about Moses the man. We're talking also about Moses as what Moses brought. That's the, the, the practices, the, the religious practices that were important to the Jewish people. It says that Jesus was faithful to the Father. We're talking about obedience here. Jesus came to earth on a mission. He took on flesh. He came on the Father's mission, and he, he had to go through things. So he had to resist temptation. He, um, he had to be the sacrifice on the cross. We know that that was a difficult sacrifice. Jesus wasn't excited for that. He prayed that, that the Father would take that, that role away from him, that it was too much to bear. But he was obedient, and he went um, on the cross for us as the sacrifice. So Jesus was faithful in that role as an apostle when he came and he came on that mission he was faithful to God he was obedient to God so when we consider Jesus as the high priest we know that he will be faithful in that role to bringing us the promises that Jesus gave when we turn to him and our sin is forgiven the promises that Jesus has for our lives we know that we can hold on to those because Jesus is a faithful person he's proved it as an apostle and he will fulfill that as a high priest so that's Jesus. And then we compare Moses as well. Now, Moses also took on a mission for God. He was he was given a role, he was given a function, a, even a saving role. He was led um, God's people out of Egypt. Um, and this was a struggle at times. There were times when Moses said, look, I, I don't think I'm equipped to do this, but <clears throat> with God's help, he was able to. He was given help from, from Aaron um, and given supernatural um, gifts at times where it was needed in order to help with that mission so verses three and four then move on and say that that jesus and moses were both faithful jesus is given more glory so you need to think about that jesus is given more glory than moses um, and that's because in verse five it says moses is given glory as a servant so moses was a servant to god and he's given glory for, the, for what he did but jesus has given glory as a son when he came he came as a son of god he um he really is given more glory because of his role because of his position and that's what we should do we should give more glory to christ than than moses we should give more glory to christ than the you know other things jesus is all that's where all the glory should be so the scripture really here is teaching the hebrews to fix their eyes on Jesus, to fix their eyes on him as apostle and high priest. Um, And they're being reminded that although Moses was faithful, he was a faithful servant to God, in this world now, so after the cross, the world that the Hebrews were living in, the world we live in, we don't need to rely on Moses, we don't need to rely on the laws that came from Moses. We can rely fully on Jesus. That's a great reminder to them. But what does it mean to us? We don't have a Jewish culture, a Jewish background. So what is our therefore? Jesus is all, therefore, what should our lives look like? And what should our lives not look like? What we're talking about here is sanctification, becoming more Christ-like. David spoke about this last week. It came up in chapter two of Hebrews, and it's about the work that is being done in our lives. We need to understand that sanctification is different to being saved. When we turn and turn our lives to Christ and say, and give our lives to Christ, that's when we're saved. That is the the moment of being saved. Our salvation comes then. Separate to salvation is sanctification. That's an ongoing work in our lives. And that can sometimes be huge breakthroughs. It can sometimes be a massive change in our life, miraculous change in our life. And sometimes it can be a slow, sometimes painful change, a a realization of, of things that we need to change in our lives and it is an ongoing process none of us are perfect none of us are are fully perfect when it comes to to this but through through jesus we become more and more holy more and more christ-like um, through this process of sanctification i think of it a little bit like um building a house on the rock so in matthew 7 see the famous Ben's teaching from Jesus about building a house on the rock um, against building a house on the sand. It's basically saying that you can build a house on the sand, you can build a house on the rock, but when the storms come, if you're on the sand, your foundations aren't strong and your house will fall away. If you build it on the rock then the storm comes, you're on solid ground, you, you will be strengthened. Obviously the story there is quite binary, it's either sand or rock. Sanctification really is about the shifting from a world where we're living on sand to a world where we're living on the rock. It is an ongoing process of what's going on there. It's sometimes helpful to think about um, whether you have any subsidence in your house, whether, whether your house is entirely on the rock, i.e. you're fully sanctified. I think that doesn't happen until, um, until we come to glory. I think at the moment we are not fully sanctified, so our house is not fully on the rock. There will always be parts of it that will be prone to subsidence, especially when a storm comes along. It's helpful sometimes to do a structural survey and work out which bits of your life are strong and which bits of your your life are maybe a little bit sagging, a little bit cracked. And maybe that's something you can pray about, maybe it's something you can ask others about, just to see and help you about, about that we're living at the moment in a storm i think we're living in a crisis at the moment and and there are are, are parts of all our lives at this time of crisis that we're thinking actually that's that's not quite as strong as it should be that's a good thing that is sanctification it may be painful to realize but it is a good process to go through to reflect on we mustn't get into the mindset of believing that we're fully on the rock the writer of hebrews here addresses the background really of the Jewish Christians. So the Hebrews were Christians, they'd given their life to Christ, they'd been saved but there was ongoing sanctification. They were moving away from their life, which was reliant on the laws and customs of the Jewish people and moving their life to being Christ-like. They were being sanctified. I think when we think about our own backgrounds, there could be things holding us back there could be things in our life it's probably not a jewish background unless you have a, a jewish background those are practices but there may well be other religious practices that you have held on to in the past that have been important but you realize that's not of christ there might be other non-christian spiritual backgrounds um, you might have a background of atheism or where we held science as god you might have a background that's full of guilt or shame. These things are, are to us our our individual backgrounds. And then we also need to look a bit further than that, a bit wider, and look at the culture we live in. Again, at the time of Hebrews, the culture was a Jewish culture. You know, all the normal things of Jewish life were what the, the, were the waters that they were swimming in. What waters do we swim in? Well, there's, there's various things you might point to, but I think if you were to sum it up. In a way, I think the the water we swim in is probably a world of individualism. You know, we're told that our opinions, our perspectives are important. Our own individual um, feelings, you know, that's the most important thing to hold on to. Our own ability. These things are probably the cultural waters we live on. But that's not the life of a Christian. The life of a Christian is someone who holds on to what Jesus says. It's, It's other. It's taking the focus off ourselves. It should never, ever, the life of a Christian should never be about us individually it should always be us in christ it's a different it's shifting that focus and we need to be aware of that cultural water so that we can watch out for when our focus might be being taken off christ being all we need to watch out for that <clears throat> i think of it again in matthew 5 the sermon of the mount jesus talks about the light to put on a lampstand for all the world to see we need to make sure that the light that we're putting on our lampstand is jesus Because the Bible says that when people see the light, they will glorify the Father in heaven. This is an important part, if you remember what we said before, that we share in this heavenly calling. Jesus came to teach people about the Father. And that's our job. Our job is to make sure that our lampstand has Jesus firmly on it so that people look at that and see the Father. The question is, what are we putting on our lampstand? What do we put out there for the world to see? Is it always Jesus? I say that question because I think it probably isn't. I think we often put other things out there in the world. And again, we talked about the house and the sagging and the, um, the foundations, looking at that. A good way to look at what we're putting on our lampstand is to think about um, what we're putting out to the world. So what conversations have we had this week with people, with our non-Christian friends? What, what, what conversations do we get caught up in that maybe are not fully Christian? You might, if you're on social media, have a look at your your Facebook feed, for example, to see what posts you put, your last 10 posts. What are you putting out there in the world? Are you presenting yourself or are you presenting the love and light of Christ? Are you presenting yourself as having all the answers or are you sharing your feelings about things all the time? Is it your perspectives? Are you trying to share your own ability? Maybe you've got lovely pictures of your cooking. Look how wonderful my cooking is. Or are we presenting... Christ to the world sometimes that might be directly that might be sharing bible scriptures other times it's just sharing the love of christ showing people that we are different that, that culture of individualism we can lay that down and and show culture of christ like love for the world again <laughs> looking through um, your facebook feed might be uncomfortable you might want to pray about it you might want to talk to others about it and just see what people think there we should be putting on the lampstand Jesus. It's always interesting thinking about how we as Christians respond at a time of crisis. COVID-19 is very much what's going on this year. Um, Are we responding to to this crisis in a way that says Jesus is all? Or are we falling back into our old cultural backgrounds before focusing on Christ? Like I say, this could be uncomfortable um to go through that process but i think it's helpful it's helpful as part of of our sanctification um just to, to recognize what things we're holding on to i'm going to close it there um but before i do i just wanted to read through some words of a song that i think are really helpful here and maybe we can sing it afterwards but the, the words just really um really remind me of, of what this is about it's about putting our lives Um, before God And he goes like this before the throne of God above I have a strong and Perfect plea a great high priest whose name is love Whoever lives and pleads for me My name is graven on his hands My name is written on his heart I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. Um, okay, we'll draw this to a close now, but I just pray that as you reflect on this and what living a, a therefore life means to you, how you reflect on, on Jesus being all. Um, I just hope that we can remember, I pray that we remember that, that the reason we can hold on to Jesus, the reason we can fix our attention him as apostle and him as high priest is because unlike Moses, who was a man, Jesus was fully man, but also fully God. Have a good week. God bless.
0: Thanks, Ollie. That was really, really good. Whether you're usually part of us here at Beacon Church or whether you're a visitor, um, maybe uh, you're just looking in. Um, or maybe you're a friend from another part of the country or the world you are very welcome today but it is great isn't it to hear about Jesus being all Jesus is all and if you remember just at the end Ollie having inspired us and encouraged us and challenged us we just he read that song didn't he and I wonder whether our response should be to sing that again You will find underneath this video two songs um, just to complement the sermon uh, and the rest of the service this morning. May God bless you and may you have a great week. Thank you very much.